This man kneeled on a man's neck for eight minutes and 46 seconds. Can you imagine that? This kid thought he was gonna die. He knew he was gonna die. He called for his mother. He called for his dead mother. I've only seen that once before in my life. My father, on his deathbed, called for his grandmother. When I watched that tape, I understood this man knew he was gonna die. People watched it. People filmed it. And for some reason that I still don't understand, all these fucking police had their hands in their pockets. Who are you talking to? What are you signifying? That you can kneel on a man's neck for eight minutes and 46 seconds and feel like... Hey, Jumpstarters, I'm your host, Kirsten. And I'm your co-host, Darius. Here at The First Cup, we're an advice-driven podcast to jumpstart your day or wind down your afternoon. Our conversations are centered around empowering millennials to proactively navigate through their careers, relationships, and lifestyle. It's been said, you don't have to be great to start, but you have to start to be great. So grab your cup, Jumpstarters. And take your first sip of a new life. Hey, Jump Starters. Hey, Jump Starters. How's it going out there? If you're anything like us, it's not going well. Um, the news is filled with devastating stories of countless African Americans being killed at the arms of the police. And we could not let this time go by pass and not talk about it. It's a war outside. It's literally a war. It, it almost feels like us versus blue. Yes. Like versus blue. Seriously. I don't think all officers are awful. Yeah, but that's the root. The few bad apples ruin the whole tree. Unfortunately. Just because it's no different with Caucasians. Well, the white people. When they have one bad experience with a black person... They assume that all black people are that way. And that's not that's true. true. That is, that's a good perspective to look at it. That's very good. So we thought for today's episode, we would take a moment and share with you all some of our experiences. And for lack of better words, Darius and I, we are that quote unquote token black person for our friend group. We may be the model black people, but we still experience the same type of experiences and realities as everyone else because of the color of our skin. And so we thought for today that we would bring light to some of those things and some of those topics, not to air out grievances, not to look for sympathy, but rather to bring insight and bring just some inspiration and share some advice as to how we navigate them and allow for other people to use our advice if they find it applicable. So the first topic that we're going to talk about, and this is super candid, this is just Darius and I talking like normal, um, is what is it like driving while black as a black man, Darius? What does it look like when you are driving? And let's just talk about what it's like when you drive, because I know what it's like when we're driving at night. (laughs) 
Oh, at night? At night. period? I mean, just a period. What is it like driving and then at night? Okay, so obviously, like when we're in the car, we're going from point A to point B. Um, But during that time, I feel as if I'm not just driving for myself. I'm driving for everyone else that's around me. Um, It's because I don't know if this is going to be my last time coming home or going where I'm going. Um, and I say that just because if I'm pulled over, there's a 50-50 chance that I've done something wrong. I I ran past the red light. I was speeding or I didn't use my blinker while turning. Or it could be discrimination, uh, especially with the type of neighborhood that we live in. It can be a matter of me driving too nice of a car and the cop wondering how did this young black man afford something like this. In living in this neighborhood. In living in this neighborhood. Yeah. And I think I brought up the point of what is it like driving while dark? You guys, Darius can recognize the type of car is behind us by the headlights. That's crazy to me. Like, I don't even know what the car is when the when it's light outside. So I don't understand how he can recognize a car by its headlights. I mean, you just got to be aware since I've received my license i've always just been on edge when driving just because like i can be driving going to the gas station doing nothing wrong but no cap like i start sweating when i pass the cop <laughs> like, yeah. i don't have anything on me that that should make me feel that way but i literally watch over my shoulder looking the rear view mirror looking both side mirrors just to see if that cop turned around just to follow me and you know what's crazy is like this is by no means a bash at police or this episode is saying how bad the police are but this is our reality this is our truth and this is the way that we live and there's some things that Darius have shared that I think people may say like well that's what everyone experiences black or white but it's heightened when you are black oh for sure so let's just hypothetically say I was speeding 11 miles over the speed limit. Um, a few things goes through my mind before I even get pulled over, get pulled over. Um, I'm trying to be aware of where my wallet is just because every time I get in the car, my wallet is in a different place. Uh, it may be in my pocket. It may be in my bag that I'm carrying. It may be in my glove department or it may be in my armrest. So that's the first thing that goes through my mind. Where is my wallet? It's because that's going to be one of the first questions he's going to ask. License and registration. Next, which car am I driving? Where is the registration? Is it in the glove department or is it in the armrest? All right. Now that I have those two things knocked out, I need to think about why am I being pulled over? Was I speeding? <laughs> did I miss? <laughs> did I switch over lanes too fast? Like it, it's, just, it's just ridiculous to think about those few things. And then once he steps to my 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 door, License and registrations, I'm overly polite. For lack of better words, I'm kissing ass just to ensure that that police officer doesn't feel as if I am intimidating him. Yeah. Or if I don't want him to feel like I'm aggressive. Or, or you're a thug. Or I'm exactly. You know what I mean? Just because the color of my skin, it makes them feel as if I'm already dangerous. Wow. So I have to ask for permission to grab my license and registration. I have to ask for permission to lift my hands up just so he doesn't think I'm pulling out a weapon or something that's going to hurt him. 
or her. Wow. What advice do you have for jump starters if they're navigating this or if they've experienced this? What would be the, I guess, the key takeaway from this scenario? First, your goal should be to arrive at your destination safely. If you feel as if your rights have been violated, you have the right to file a formal complaint with the local police. Okay, Kirsten. So let's just hypothetically say that we're both driving in a car and we go to your favorite store, Target. (laughs) (laughs) How does it feel to shop while black? So when we were coming up with things to talk about in this episode, I really had to think really hard about what I do that may be deemed as differently because it's become such second nature for me. Um, So one of the first things is when I'm going shopping, particularly to certain parts of towns or to like certain malls or the fashion mall or whatever, I'm really cautious as to what I wear. So how's my hair going to look that day? Do I need to put on some makeup? Do I need to pull out my Louis bag because for me shopping while black means that I'm going to be racially profiled. So if there's anything that I can do, and this is just my own thing that I need to work with, there's anything that I can do to make me not fit the mold of being a black woman who may potentially steal, then I will do that. And so I found myself, you know, wearing heels, wearing my nicest outfit to go to certain parts or go to the fashion mall in Indianapolis because I don't want to be racially profiled. Now, do I still get racially profiled? Probably so. But those are the things that I do just to make sure that I'm not being racially profiled. And I shouldn't have to do that. But that is my reality. There's been times where I can remember one time we went to Target and Darius and I were furnishing our home and we got like six decorative pillows that were like $20 each. I don't know if Darius even remembers this, but the people were all the way in the back of the store where we were getting the pillows and followed us the rest of our trip. Like we went to like three different other places in Target, but followed us and made sure that we went to self-checkout and paid for them and our card went through. And so that those are the type of things that happen because you are black in America. Like that's not because we did anything that made them think that we wouldn't pay for it or because we still because we don't. It's because of the color of our skin and because people thought that because we're black and we bought multiple things or put multiple things in our cart that we would potentially not pay for them. Um, And we're not saying that crime doesn't happen. Right. Like, and we're not saying that at all, but just because we fit the profile of the assumed suspect, we have a target on our back, unfortunately, and we're watched that much more thoroughly than another race. Yeah. And then just going out of the store, like I've always been taught, even from my dad, like when you're paying for something, you put your money away right away. You put your money back in your purse. You have your receipt out. You always bag items. Even if it's a small thing, you're going to bag it and make sure that people know that you have everything. Never leave a store without a receipt because people may assume that you didn't pay for it. Even if it's for a piece of gum. <laughs> Literally to that petty of a standard. I can remember um, recently Darius and I um, got some flowers for my mom for Mother's Day and we picked it up on our way in the store. We shopped and the flowers ended up, you know, getting hit on things. and They just weren't the best anymore. And so I was going to change them out on the way out because the flowers were seen out outside. But we made a point 
to tell the supervisor or the manager that was down there at the time, hey, we're going to change out these flowers. We paid for them, but this is a bad bunch. We don't want people to think that we're stealing. And we like made them watch us. Or if we go get ice, we're saying, hey, can we get ice on our way out? Here's our receipt. So it's just little things like that that we feel like we have to overcompensate for so that we aren't being subject for later consequences and honestly no matter if you're black white purple green blue like that was the right thing to do like telling them that you're going to switch these flowers out yeah um it was the it was the best thing to do in that situation but we felt like we had to exactly and that's not the that's not the way we should live I guess the advice for shopping while black is don't be afraid to ask if you are being followed around like, hey, is there anything I can help you with? I'm not good with that because I'm the type of person that will go off like, girl, what you looking at? But Darius is that voice of reason for me that's like, excuse me, like, did we need to help you with something or is there something that we did or we said um, that maybe you wanted to follow us around for? So don't be afraid to ask, but make sure that you are being polite and being politically correct and the thing is um it's it's not good for you to trip on every minute petty thing that goes on just because that can distract you from everything else that you have going on in your life or that can bring on unwanted attention that you need at that point in time just because any type of loud altercation in a store or in a public place, you can be deemed as the angry black woman or the ghetto ratchet black guy. Yeah, I 100 percent agree. That that almost reminds me of being in corporate America, right? Oh, there's stories for days and we'll have a follow up article about more of these instances. But for me, as being in corporate America, I'm still going through this and this is not a bash at all at my current company because I think my current company has really stepped up to the plate. But these are things that I have really struggled with internally. Um, One of the biggest things for me is I was so afraid to change my hair in the workplace because I was afraid that people wouldn't recognize me if I changed my hair. And, you know, as black women, that. I'm seeing now that's our superpower. We can go from braids to unit to natural hair to twist out to iron out all in a matter of a couple of days if we wanted to. And that's so cool because other cultures can't do that. But for me, I wasn't afraid to embrace that because I was like, dang, if I change my hair, people go act like they don't know who I am. And I'm going to spend the whole day explaining how I spent 12 hours getting my hair braided and how long it was going to last. And then I wasn't going to be able to wash my hair for a couple months. Like that's draining when you're at work. I mean, it's the same thing for black guys. Like we were taught from a young age, like you got to have a fresh lineup. Like you got to be crispy. You know what I mean? So you go once every two weeks. You know what I mean? And depending on what's going on that weekend, you might go every five days. Oh, my God. <laughs> but it's just like getting your hair cut. Like, um, unfortunately, white people, they don't understand why we get our hair tamed <laughs> every few weeks. You know what I mean? What is what's the reason why? I mean, I just said. Because you have to look crispy because you don't want to be deemed as what, like ghetto? I don't want to be deemed as not being professional or unpolished. Mm, and that's the crazy thing is like, our why is our hair associated with your professionalism? Just because our hair is different. Our hair isn't fine. It isn't straight naturally. You know what I mean? I just was always taught that was taking care of yourself. 
Yeah. Like you, you brush your teeth every day. Yeah, that's true. Twice a day. Like why, why shouldn't you wash your face? Why shouldn't you um, cut and trim your hair? Yeah. And I think the second thing about being black in corporate America or just even in the workplace is feeling conflicted um, with standing up for things that you believe in. So like just the things that are going on in our current times right now, um, there may be some colleagues that vocalize that they believe all lives matter. And as a black woman, I cannot say all lives matter. So I'm like, if I hear that, do I stand up for what's right or do I allow them to have their opinion because I'm in a professional setting and I know this could potentially be a controversial topic. So it's like there's always topics like that that happen in the outside world that you are conflicted if you bring that opinion to work or not. And it's so disappointing. It is so disappointing that with everything that's going on in our world today, people are st- pressuring this all lives matters bullshit yeah like we're not saying that all lives does not matter we're saying that black lives are in danger literally like we're in danger it's not like we're gonna be extinct but (laughs) we're at risk every time we walk out of our front door you know what scratch that wasn't a young lady just murdered in her own bed and she was an essential worker? The yeah. cops went to the wrong crib. Shot eight times. Like, but they shot 22 times. Like, <sighs> over it. Man. I'm just at a loss. And then, and then people, like, imagine hearing that news story and that you hear it on Friday. You maybe go to a protest on Saturday and then on Sunday, your pastor talks about it and you see it all day on Sunday. And then people you go to work on Monday, people say, how was your weekend? What did you do this weekend? Oh, I had a party with my two year old son or I went here. It's like you can't even bring up what your weekend was like because everyone else on your team believes all lives matter. So it's just like that is the reality of being black and being black in corporate America when no one understands. Granted, I'm a situation where my team gets it and my company gets it, but that's not everyone's truth. And so we share that not again, not to complain, not to air out grievances, but to share your share the truth and share share the reality and allow us to be more empathetic and be more caring when it comes to our black and brown colleagues, period. So Kirsten, knowing that you share these struggles and that we can relate on these struggles and we can uplift each other while we're here, it lets me know that I can't marry another race. It lets me know that I need to be with a black woman just because she understands the struggle that I encounter every single day just so you can love me the right way. It's it's terrifying to know that I'm hated by the world that we live in. So you can you can build me back up. Yeah. And I think for all of my ladies out there that's loving a black man is just understanding their struggle. Like maybe you aren't black and maybe you don't understand, but understand that living in the world as a black man and even as a black woman, I mean, we're seeing with Breonna Taylor, the same things. It's different and you have to be empathetic. You have to be understanding, but more importantly, you have to take action. It's no longer um, a time where you can be silent and try to suppress what's going on in the world so that you don't get worked up. I, 
I'll raise my hand and say I was the first one, the main one that was like, I'm not going to talk about race issues because I don't want to get worked up and have anxiety and stress out over it. But we're past that now. We need action. We need people to stand up for what is right in our community. So our call to action for today is two things. One, support a cause in whatever way is appropriate for you. I will be vulnerable with you all and share. I'm not going to be out at a protest. I personally, I'm not. That's just, that's not my cup of tea. But you don't see what I'm doing behind the scenes as far as making the calls to the district attorney's offices, calling the mayors, the governors, donating money, donating time in a different way. I personally won't be at a protest. And that's for a plethora of reasons that I'm not willing to share right now. But that's okay. And we want people to know that however you support the cause is your truth and your reality. And that's okay. Just know your role. Like if you if you are articulate enough to have conversations with the other party to settle any differences, do that. But if you're more action oriented and you have to have boots on the ground and you can lead people, be on the ground, be at protest. But all I ask is that you be careful just because people are vulnerable right now. People have been suppressed in their homes under quarantine. And a lot of people don't have anything to lose. They don't have anything to lose. So rage is at an all time high. Just know what you're fighting for. Keep your head level and let's make a change. And the second thing is a call to action for what can white people do? I have gotten this so many times from my friends. And so Darius and I are going to give a few actionable things that white people can do before we close out our episode. First, check on your black friends. Genuinely check on them. Not check on them as far as like, how are you doing? What can I do to help? But just ask them what they're feeling, allow them to vent to you and try to learn from their experiences. And that's hopefully what we've shared today is kind of what our reality is and why, you know, this, all these things are hitting home for us. Um, And be that person that genuinely cares and reach out. Like I've had so many friends that I thought would reach out that haven't. And it kind of hurts my feelings. But at the same time, I understand that maybe they, they can't reach out to some person. Somebody brought up to me that there's some people that are being claimed to be disowned by their family if they take a stance on Black Lives Matter or All Lives Matter or whatever. So they can't be vocal because they're going to have consequences at their own home. So I get it. But. That doesn't mean that you can't salvage our relationship. And you you shouldn't feel any type of way because someone didn't directly reach out to you. Um, just because on the opposite end of the spectrum, if someone reached out to you, do they feel guilty? What do you mean? Like, do they feel as if they have ever discriminated against you or any other person of color? They may, but at least they're reaching out and seeing how you're doing. You wouldn't want your white friends to reach out to you? They have, but at the same time, am I just being that token black friend to make them feel better about themselves? It's not. They're just trying to see how you're doing. I don't know. To each their own. Again, whatever floats your boat, I want my white friends to reach out and check on me. Period. I just want my friends to reach out and check on me. It's like (laughs) I'm reaching out to check on them. No matter if you're black, white, Mexican, Asian, like this is a tough time for everybody. It's because 
<laughs> like we said earlier, it's a war outside. Yeah. Like for real. Nobody feels safe right now. Like white people probably don't feel safe because they think all black people are enraged with everything that's going on. And, and you're probably right. And on the opposite end <laughs> of the spectrum, black people feel <laughs> that the whole world is against them. They can't trust nobody. That's real. Like it <sighs> I seen this meme the other day. That had a white police officer holding a gun to a black boy. And on his gun, it said nigger. On the opposite end, it had a black guy holding a gun to the same black boy's head. And it said nigger. And on the center of the kid's head, it said lost. Oh, wow. That's a perspective. Like, we're lost as a black community. Our own people is trying to kill us. Chicago just had record deaths yesterday. This this is scary. This is scary. Like, we don't have children yet, Kirsten, but it terrifies me to know that when we do bring kids into this in this world, we we have to teach them everything that's going on. Yeah. Because there's a lot. There's a lot. Other ways that white people can support. Oh, I have a few. Um, So take time to read, think and reflect on the kind of community that you want and what you can learn or change to help us get there. So it takes all of us taking those many steps to making the community that we want. So read more about that and try to find ways that you can be more inclusive. Donate to or volunteer with a racial justice or equity nonprofit organization. We'll link some of those um, in the show notes and also on our social media website and then speak out and share um, your thoughts on social media and with your audience and with your network. You never know the power of your network. Um, There's so many people that may be listening to you that you may not even know or may be inspired by something that you share. So if you feel a certain way or have a perspective, definitely share that with your network and with your people. You may empower somebody to learn something new. And don't be afraid to ask questions, no matter the answer that, that comes about. Like, it's okay that you had an opinion before everything popped off this last week or two weeks. Like, the superpower of humans is the capability of changing your mind and perspective. Yes. Don't be afraid to say that you were wrong. Yes. Yeah, that's 100% right. I mean, it's not your fault. If you're fucked up, it's your fault if you stay fucked up, period. Like, it's okay to change your mind. It's okay to change perspective, like Darius said. But if you stay that way, that's on you, baby. You've been listening to The First Cup Podcast. Hey, Jumpstarters, head to our website, thefirstcuppodcast.com for all the downloadable content from today's show. Don't forget to follow us on all social media platforms at The First Cup Podcast. And of course, hit that subscribe button and let us know how you like today's show. Thank you for listening.